Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 36. And today... Uh, you can either love them or hate them, but today's show, we're going to definitely take a different look at our furry friends. That's right, John. If you are baffled by squirrels, oh. or you think oh. <laughs> or you think you've got it all set up and you keep the squirrels out, but somehow it's like they're just flying in and still getting everything, we'll also talk about how do you deter or baffle them. We have lots of different things we can talk about. Let's pay homage to these worthy opponents. <laughs> So stick around for the fun. Uh, I hope they do after that <laughs> remark. <laughs> All right, Brian. Do I tell everybody that it's your birthday today? <laughs> well, I don't know, John. Maybe we should keep that a secret. <laughs> Guess I should have asked first. What do you think? Uh, well, you know, your birthday is just a few days away, so of course this, we can this, keep we both do, of those secrets. That's right. It's funny. You and I are born very close together, aren't we? Now, the fact is, we're recording this a couple of weeks before it actually drops, uh, you know, on the podcast. So uh, people still have to guess what day it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> We've, I know we've had some pretty cool stuff happening in our yards lately, right? You know, it's fun. It's it's, it's we're getting into that transition period. To, uh, the dog days of summer hopefully are waning. <laughs> they can't wane, wane fast enough for me. It has been brutally hot and humid here in Central Indiana for uh, quite a while, and uh, oh, yes. to get a little fresh breeze with a little coolness to it is just <laughs> man, it's it's so refreshing, and it does foretell the change that's going on and we're starting like in my yard i'm starting to see a couple of warblers i've had uh uh chestnut sided warblers show up uh, i think we were on a call together when it, i just about lost it yes. when it showed up uh and i've had uh, red starts and and mm-hmm. uh, and then the other cool thing in my yard is uh hummingbird activity my gosh i oh yes. i've been as people have probably heard me say many times i've been living in this house it'll be 28 years this this fall and I don't know that ever in all my years here uh, that I've had this type of activity at my feeders. It is just awesome. The backyard's just, sorry, a buzz <laughs> with, with activity. But it yeah. is, yeah. yeah. I've had a lot of hummingbird activity as well. And one of the really neat things is we talk a lot about planting habitat and getting native plants in our, our habitat, transitioning out uh, to you know getting rid of some of your, your lawn if you can. Hummingbirds are all over some of the the plants we put in specifically this year. Uh, We changed out one of our little beds, so it is a nectar garden. Oh my goodness, they're all over it, which has been fantastic because we have some early blooms and then mid to late blooms as well. And right now, crazy. You would pull up in the driveway and the hummingbirds. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to see them leave, but at least I know they're there. We know the habitat works, just like we talked about in uh, our last podcast all about gardening for birds yeah i've got a i've got a creek down along my side of my house and there's jewelweed along the creek which is a nice little oh, I'm so orange jealous. tubular I love jewelweed. Yeah, little orange tubular and so do hummingbirds right crazy on it <laughs> so that's very active down by the the creek down by my house there so and you know john beyond beyond birds with summer and you're talking about the dog days of summer 
Well, did you know there's a dog day cicada? There you go. That's right, because you've been you've been doing a little uh, research on your cicadas, and that's one of the things that I think you and I both have had conversations about the insect life, or you know, the evening, daytime, oh, yes. uh, nighttime insect. It's unbelievable. Again, mm-hmm. I won't I won't mm-hmm. know that you know I can't honestly say whether this is like the the loudest I've ever heard it, but. You know, if you remember back when we had the the periodic cicadas back in the spring, we had a huge outbreak mm-hmm. here, and I had a decibel meter, and it was reading ninety one decibels. Well, I've got a friend now with the annual cicadas, and he's in like eighty six decibels. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the cicadas are a number of different species, and I just love listening to just like with the birds and learning their songs and yeah. calls to be able to identify them because you don't always get to see them, but you can hear them. And so with the cicadas, I've been doing the same thing. And some of them are really easy. Like the scissor grinder cicada sounds like it's, um, the, as the sound goes, it's like the sound of scissors slowly cutting through fabric, kind of doing a zh, uh, But there are plenty of others. And yeah, it's just neat to learn those. And then all the night insects love that stuff. But there's so much nature around you. And again, I, you okay. know, we beat, the, we beat the thing to death. But it is, so much has to do with habitat. If you really want these insects and you want that that diversity of nature all around you, uh, habitat's essential when you get these things coming in. It is a blast. It is a blast to delve into it and, and check it out. run nature centers for 26 years before coming to work for WBU and and uh, you know squirrels to be quite honest while yeah they're cool and entertaining they were more of an adversary you know for for most of my career either at home or in my nature centers it's been war it's been how do I keep these things from eating all my food and damaging my mm-hmm. feeders and I never really had the opportunity to just kind of sit back and, you know, I, I just didn't take the time and probably didn't have the interest, to be quite blunt, to watch these squirrels <laughs> and kind of get to know. I know Andrea's big. She knows every squirrel. She's got a name for every one of them in her yard. I'd never done that. And during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I really got to know the squirrels in my backyard. And it became very entertaining. I have a whole new appreciation for squirrels in my backyard. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I have three different species of squirrel in my backyard throughout the year. And they come they come and go. But we have North America's largest tree-dwelling squirrel, the fox squirrel. They're nice and big and good red color. Um, and then you have the contrast, which uh, the fox squirrel is pretty much an eastern species. But across North America, you have one of our smallest tree-dwelling squirrels, the red squirrel. Uh, and a lot of folks call uh, them the pine piney. squirrel or, or the, the piney. piney. Yeah, because they, they usually live in coniferous areas. Uh, but pretty much if you have trees around, they might live here. Uh, but they're small. They're they're wiry little critters. They just seem to have the energy of a jumping bean or the Energizer bunny or something. It's like, where do they get all that energy? And they dart around and they're vocal. And well, in the gray squirrel, I mean, there, there's a natural adversary mm-hmm. between the, the gray squirrels and the and the pineys or the red, the squirrels. red squirrels. It is. Yeah. It is. The gray squirrels lose <laughs> most of the time. It's amazing how that little red squirrel or, or piney uh, wins out over the, yeah. or the uh, fox squirrels all the time. Oh, yeah. The smallest that red, just if they want to move into an area. I'm going to take yeah. it over. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. You got the, the Eastern gray squirrel, you got the Western gray squirrel. So gray squirrels are also over much 
of the uh, of North mm-hmm. America, most of our listening area of of U.S. and Canada. So um, I'm sure if you have trees around, even if it's just a few small trees, you probably have squirrels somewhere in the neighborhood. And if you started feeding the birds or if you've been feeding for decades, you know, squirrels might be showing up. Um, but like you, John, watching this year and really paying attention to the squirrels, one of the most fun things that I saw was this year I had a gray squirrel family and had three youngsters starting in the, this last spring yeah. and watching them grow up and watching them play. play. That's exactly what together, I saw. Together, playing together, learning, learning how to find natural food, learning how to food, <laughs> find food at my feeders, those that are accessible to them, um, and trying to figure out, huh, I can't get to that feeder. How can I get yeah. to that yeah. feeder? <laughs> yeah. And it was a lot of fun to really start to see the the personalities of each one of these squirrels. Yeah, my wife it's, my wife is very yeah. in tune with that, and she got the biggest kick out of watching. And you know, talk about them playing together, but they'll even play alone. We've got this big hillside on on the left mm-hmm. side of our backyard, yes. <laughs> and you know, she'd sit there and point out to me, you know, look, watch a squirrel up on the hillside, and it's just up there, like just rolling down the hill and grabbing things and jumping up, and it was just it was like obviously playing. And it was playing all by itself. It's almost like watching a yeah, puppy it play, really right? Was, or, a <laughs> or a kitten. kitten. Yeah, it was pretty wild. <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun. I do want to circle back, Brian, because you know one of the things you and I had talked about at one point, because we both have them, uh, is one of our other squirrels. And, and there is an mm-hmm. eastern and a western, and then there's another um, what, Humboldt's you know, uh, that's along the Oregon-California coast, and that's the, the flying squirrel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love. I, how do you not love the flying squirrel? They're the cutest things. Yeah, I actually try to attend that. <laughs> that's one squirrel I want to come to mm-hmm. my feeders. I actually put a tray yes. feeder on a tree with the express <laughs> purpose of getting my, because I do have flying squirrels. I don't see them very often. I, I think more people have flying squirrels than oh, they absolutely. realize. Because they are really, they're, nocturnal. they're strictly nocturnal. So you almost <laughs> never, ever, ever see them out during the daytime. Uh, mm-hmm. But what's cool about it, if you can, and, and I don't know, maybe we can play a call here. And so there's ours, you know, they're, they're oh, yeah. yeah, because they have almost a bird-like call. And if you sit yes. out at night and listen, and you know this call, you will suddenly realize that you have flying squirrels. It's very cool to do. It's one of the reasons I do sit outside at night sometimes, just to see, you know, what's going on with the flying squirrels. So, um, so that's one squirrel uh, that we really do like to come to our feeders. I had a friend that had. You know, I've got this big three foot by five foot picture window here that I sit in front of. He had put a big tray feeder all along. He had one very similar. He put a big tray feeder all along that. Right up in front. Right out in front of the window. Right there there by the window. Every night. He'd close the curtains. And then every night you'd open the curtains and look down and there'd be flying squirrels feeding on the the uh, oh, the, the okay. blend that he put out there. So that was way cool. I haven't been that lucky well, to get him that close. <laughs> <laughs> we keep trying. Keep trying. But, you know, that answers one of the questions that oftentimes you and I will get or a lot of our stores will get. They're like, you know, I, I set up my feeding stations and I've been able to keep squirrels off of them. And I, it's been successful, but overnight food will disappear. <laughs> how, how are they getting into it at yeah. night, but not in the day? Well, <laughs> that's usually the answer yeah. right there. They will literally hop off of a tree trunk or a branch and spread their legs out. And it's almost like those new gliding suits, suits exactly that, right. that people yeah. use 
in mountainous regions where they're gliding before they open a parachute. And yeah, it's, it's really neat to see. Awesome to see if you ever get a chance. I've every once in a while when I'm out in the woods hiking there, just exploring or whatever, every once in a while over the last, you know, five decades plus every once in a while, I've had one during the day and actually get to see one go from a tree to another tree. And then that is like, that's like a red letter day right there. That's a cool thing to see. So. Well, let's talk about some of the, uh, some of the issues with squirrels and, and really what people can do in their backyard. And, and, you know, let's delve into the, the life history, if you will, of these squirrels, you know, what makes them tick and, and why are they doing what they do? Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think one of those foundational things is understanding there are ground squirrels and there are tree squirrels or arboreal squirrels. And the ground squirrels include chipmunks and a whole host of other species that usually burrow in the ground and live in little dens and holes. And uh, But it's the tree squirrels that usually cause us fits, like the ones we've been talking about, uh, because they're so incredibly agile, mm-hmm. very athletic. They can jump vertically they can jump horizontally great distances yeah there's there's some Man. some illustrations of that that are just amazing i'm sure you can just find a youtube video uh there was a nasa engineer who decided mm-hmm. he was going to build an obstacle course uh with a reward at the end of the obstacle right. course with some food for the squ- reward for, yeah, the, squirrel, for the squirrel right? uh, his reward <laughs> was watching them defeat everything he threw at them Oh, and you yeah. and you watch this video and you go, oh my gosh, it's incredible how smart and mm-hmm. agile and athletic, like you were saying, that these squirrels to, to defeat all the things that he created that they had to go up under or around or through or over or whatever it might be. And they did it. They beat every one of those things. So it's like, wow. They figure it out. So, you know, and, and people pay to go on those fun kinds of obstacle <laughs> courses for themselves. But here we yeah. are setting them up for yeah. squirrels just for the entertainment value of just how much thinking do they really do, you know? Well, we failed to mention one very important thing about squirrels, and that is they're a member of the rodent family. People don't realize they're cousins to mice and rats and beavers and, and all the members of the rodent family, which is kind of cool. And I think we just lost half our <laughs> What? <laughs> That's the last time I feed those things. Uh, but one of the cool things about rodents is that their their teeth, their front teeth, their incisors never stop growing. It's a process where the front of the tooth is a very hard enamel and the back of the tooth is a softer enamel. And so as they chew, it wears naturally and actually creates a very sharp knife light edge on that hard enamel mm-hmm. and wears back the softer enamel, making it a very thin, sharp edge. And because of that wearing process, their teeth continually grow. And if they don't wear those teeth down, they're in trouble. <laughs> you you yes. see a, a squirrel running around with big, huge incisors <laughs> sticking out of his mouth, he's going to have a hard time chewing on things. So yeah. that's one of the reasons that we do have problems with squirrels is because they chew on everything, including our feeders, including stuff mm-hmm. in our backyard. I've got a, a neat little uh, water feature, a little vase. It's actually fiberglass, and it has a mm-hmm. little bubbler that comes out the top, and the water cascades down the side. Well, about a year ago, the youngsters that I had decided they like it to chew on that. <laughs> it was like, stop! No! <laughs> no, 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 no. 
So one of the cool things that, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And I had actually found a deer antler in the woods when I was walking, uh, you know, one fall or one spring, I should say. And uh, so I pulled that out of the, the shed and, and just put it down on the ground right next to that uh, that water feature. And, and what happened? With yeah. That? Did they go for they it? They did. They bought it. They, they bought it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's harder. It, you know, so yeah. they and plus it's got minerals, it's got calciums and other minerals that they mm-hmm. need. So, yeah, the thing's about half the size it was when I first put it down there, but they have not touched the the water feature since. That's a great solution. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think we said that squirrels' teeth will grow about six inches yeah, a year. <laughs> those front incisors, I can't imagine six, my teeth growing six inches a year and have to constantly be chewing on things. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. I've got an old ash stump. It's, you know, cut off, uh, emerald ash borer came through and took out a number of my ash trees and it's up on the hillside and, and had it cut off. So I left a uh, chunk of stump. It's been interesting to watch the squirrels. This thing, the bark's all long gone. It's become really, uh, what we call punky or skunky. It's real soft and, and been oh, watching yeah. the squirrels and you know, when they first were chewing on it, I thought, well, maybe they're trying to wear those teeth down, you know, just trying to use that hard You just said it's really yeah, soft, but now right? it's really soft and they're still doing it. So kind of speculating that maybe it has something to do with their their nest. Their, uh, maybe going and, and using that if it's soft to line yeah, the nest. Yeah, kind of a fun name. We, you and I were talking about that as well. Oh, the name of the squirrel nest when it's in a tree up in the branches, yeah. right? A dray. And it's always fun on a bird walk when people see a big dray yeah. up there and it's just this big clump of leaves. And be oh is that yeah, a bird's nest? No, it's a, a squirrel nest. nest yeah. But do you do you know what it's called? Yeah. And yeah, it's called a dray. Otherwise, if they're in a log, you know, or something, that's a den. Yeah, I just wonder if they're getting a mouthful of that and then going back to the nest and using it to line the nest. That that's my current speculation. Yeah. I would toss that out to our <laughs> listeners because uh, I've asked a lot of people because it it's it's an ongoing thing. I've yeah. I've been watching this for honestly a couple three four five years at this point. And they literally just hang down from the top of it, and they just sit there and chew on the side of the of the tree stump. And so, if anybody else has got any great ideas as to what exactly they're doing, we'd I'd love, love to hear that because it's been a little mystery uh, that I have yet to 100% solve. I like the lining the the dray. I think that has good possibilities. cool things about uh, our tree squirrels are their tails and actually the origin of the name squirrel comes from the Greek which is kind of a combination of two Greek words that mean shadow or shade and of all things tail so it's like the, <laughs> the shade tail there you go that's how we get the name squirrel um, and the tree squirrels actually differ than our ground squirrels because it's a bigger longer bushier tail and they actually use it quite a bit running around throughout that whole network of running along tree branches and they'll use it for balance. Uh, they'll also use it to shade themselves from the sun. And it's really neat when it's raining yeah. outside and you're like, why is that squirrel <laughs> just sitting in the rain? Get inside, right? I'd be in a nice cold rain. I'd be hiding out somewhere, getting out of the rain. They'll use their tail as an yeah, umbrella. That's cool to watch. Kind of cool. to watch that. So all kinds of different really cool adaptations on squirrels. One of the, one of the things that I always, you know, you're talking about a, 
a squirrel that may be a gray squirrel, let's say, is 19, 20 inches long. <laughs> mm-hmm. It has a seven-foot-long intestinal tract. It's like, oh think goodness. about that. Seven yeah. feet. <laughs> Why would it have that much of an intestinal tract? You know, you think about the biology of that, and usually if a critter has a really long intestinal tract, then a lot of times that's they're, they're eating different foods, a lot of vegetation, to be able to break down that vegetation. But it's interesting that you know, squirrels are omnivores. Mm-hmm. Love those science words, yeah. John. Uh, <laughs> means They'll eat anything. many different things, pretty much anything, which is amazing. And I know, obviously, they love our bird food. Yeah, <laughs> I love hitting seeds. Uh, one of the neat things, uh, every once in a while, you're out walking through the woods and you'll find this little spot and there will be mushrooms laying on top of a log or on top of a rock, like they've been purposely placed there. And you know it's not people. Um, a lot of times, because if it's one of those edible mushrooms that people love to go out and forage they're for... They're not going to leave them behind. It's, <laughs> they're not going to leave them behind. It's, it's the squirrels putting them out and letting them dry before they take mm. them up into their uh, into their dray or their den or their larder or their pantry. Because squirrels... Sometimes squirrels will larder hoard. They'll have a little pantry with it, but a whole bunch of food. And it'll be inside something out of the weather. Um, and then otherwise they scatter hoard. Yeah, which we... Which a lot of our birds do. But it's a totally different... It's a totally different way of finding those. You know, they, again... So the squirrel... Acorns. They love acorns. Mm-hmm. Love acorns. In case you have a lot of walnut trees around your house. And, mm-hmm. and so. Acorns, hickories, pine yeah, nuts. Exactly. Walnuts. Oh, pecans. And that's, pecans, depending on the, your part yeah, of the country. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a big part of uh, their winter food supply. And they, as we all know, they go grab one, dig a little hole, bury it, go grab another one. You know, <laughs> Much to the chagrin of people's yeah. yards. <laughs> Or gardens. <laughs> and so they find, the <clears throat> when they go back to find it, to feed on it this next winter, they do it by smell. Mm-hmm. Our birds, like our chickadees, titmice, nuthatches, they scatter hoard. They take one seed and they hide it underneath a, a, a you know a leaf on the ground. Or I, yeah. I love the fact that you'll find them underneath the siding on your house or underneath a, a mm-hmm. shingle on your roof or wherever it might be. They literally remember Birds remember where every one of those seeds are. Squirrels, not so much. Yes, not so much. As a matter of fact, I think uh, Sarah Silverman, the comedian, was referring to this recently. I think she said something like 80% of the nuts are never found again. And, you know, kind of saying, like, That's that, crazy. yeah, how, how good is this squirrel? He's losing 80% of the nuts. But I'm not sure of that number, but the bottom line is, you know, they absolutely, well, yeah. Yeah, look at a gray squirrel. I mean, they could they could bury like ten thousand oh, nuts <laughs> each fall, just in the fall. Yeah. I mean, if they really couldn't find eighty percent of those, you know, okay, so they have a pretty good nose, but come on, that's a lot. But no, still, that's eight thousand. That's, that's eight thousand new oak trees coming up out of the ground, <laughs> you know, and turning into mighty oaks. So <laughs> maybe maybe that's where some of my uh, volunteer oak trees have been coming from. It's not just the jays caching the food Absolutely. or. Or tit mice, it's those squirrels burying them and forgetting yeah. about them or not being able to find them yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah, the bottom line is that they are part of the chain of life, if you will. When it comes to oaks, reproduction of oaks probably wouldn't happen near as often without squirrels burying those acorns. Probably call all those little squirrels little foresters, reforesting the world. <laughs>
So, if you haven't figured it out by now, uh, we have kind of a whole different opinion of squirrels these days. And, and really, it's found it very entertaining to, to watch the squirrels. Yes. And one of the reasons, as I mentioned already, that it's very entertaining is that we no longer worry about them eating us out of house and home and damaging every feeder we have in the backyard. Because there are tactics you can do in your backyard that really keep them at bay. And it's everything from a really good pole system with a good baffle to mm-hmm. hot pepper foods work really well in most cases. Uh, there are things like cages. If you really have an aggressive squirrel, you might want to put a cage around like a tube feeder or around your your hopper feeder. Uh, but there are definitely strategies and, and tactics, if you will, to, that <laughs> take, take the, the bite out of the take squirrels. The bite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> take the bite out of having squirrels in your backyard. Yes, there are a lot of different feeders that are out there that are squirrel proof or claim to be, but there are a couple that, um, especially that we sell at the Wild Birds Unlimited stores, that really actually work very, very well and they're very effective to deter the squirrels from getting to all that food that you're spending that money on that you really would just rather see the birds coming to and they're they're really really well engineered and the key though is you do have to set them up in the appropriate way so that the squirrels can't just climb up the side of something reach over and get the food out Uh, because these different kinds like an eliminator or a fundamental squirrel proof are actually designed to close as the squirrel climbs up onto them and like i said i mean i've tested so many over the years and these two really are very, very effective. Uh, there are other options like foods yeah, that you can yeah. use to help keep the squirrels out of your feeders. Uh, from safflower, just because they generally don't tend to enjoy safflower, and they'll they usually will leave it alone, or at least won't completely gobble it up. But then, you know, newer to the market in the last few years are hot pepper foods, and there are a lot of different varieties and. So you can feed in a lot of different ways in existing feeders or new feeders that you'd want to put up. Um, But offering those hot pepper foods just to keep the squirrels out of those foods and leave them available for the birds. Yeah, and the the engineering that's gone into all this is is mind-boggling when it gets right down to it. But again, I I can't emphasize enough, there are solutions. Uh, You know, again, if you are having a battle with squirrels in your backyard, get past that, you know, employ some of these tactics so that you can truly sit back and enjoy the squirrels and really start delving into, you know, their activity and what they're doing. Because it it really is, as you can tell, it's been really entertaining for Brian and I. (laughs) And you know, your, your best option, just go to your local Wild Birds Unlimited store, talk to the certified bird feeding specialists. They've got all the knowledge. They've got all the products. They'll be able to help you in whatever your backyard situation looks like. Uh, and if you don't have a local store, then check out our show notes. We've got lots of links to help you out from that standpoint as well. So, yes, you can deter the squirrels as well as enjoy them. Well, I think I think we've baffled our audience enough today. <laughs> and we certainly have so many other things that we could talk about about squirrels, but I think our time is just about come to say so long. So long and farewell. So definitely, John, on behalf of all of us at Wild Birds Unlimited, I want to thank everyone for joining us for this portion of Nature Centered, all about squirrels, flee or fight, do you love them or loathe them? And I hope you really enjoyed how we did pay an homage to this nice, worthy opponent. And I hope you enjoyed. Maybe you'll look at squirrels in a different light now. Absolutely, absolutely. And please join us again next time 
we're thinking about sharing a little bit about bird feeding out west and we have a couple of very very special guests who are going to help us talk about that so be sure to join us next time but as always until then please take care and be safe thanks for joining us everyone thanks for listening to this episode of nature centered to subscribe to this podcast for show notes or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered.